Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Mark the 16th chapter, the 15th verse, it says this, And he said unto them, Go ye in all into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow. Somebody say follow. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. This is Jesus speaking. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Ask somebody what's following you. Because in your name, you're supposed to be, there supposed to be some things following you. Turn with me to Acts, the first chapter, and the eighth verse. It'll be on the screens for, your, for those that can't get there quickly. Acts, the first chapter, and eighth verse, I'm reading out the ESV, and it says, But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Tell somebody, you shall have power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many spirit-filled believers we have in this place? Just touch the person beside you and tell them power. is potential supernatural ability and power to accomplish what God has called you to do somebody say power turn with me to Isaiah 58 y'all say pastor's a whole lot of reading we're gonna get there Isaiah 58 and 11 it says and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden oh my god and like a spring of water whose waters fail not somebody say I'm a stream and 12 says this and they shall be of thee shall build the old waste places thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations See, God didn't call you just to your generation. You might can talk to them better, but tell somebody many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Can somebody thank him for his word? Come on, come on. Somebody think of his word. We talked about on Tuesday, the way you receive a word determines what you experience. Come on, somebody, come on. If you believe God's word, if you believe that you're going to, that, 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 that he's going to satisfy your soul in drought, 
if you believe he's going to make your, your, your bones fat and you're going to be like a water garden, somebody thinking that he's making you a water garden whose waters will not fail. Come on, somebody because say, my water is not going to fail. Could stop right there. We could praise him for an hour. Your water's not going to fail. In this year of higher expectation, God said, I've invested a lot in you. But you got to tap in and get it. And I expect, a re- I expect a return on my investment. Why did I have us read all this stuff? And you may be seated. Why did I have us read all this stuff? I had us to read all of this stuff. Because I wanted to create a bedrock for us to build for the next couple minutes on. To take away our excuses. To take away our excuses. First of all, we have the command, which is the great commission to go in all the world. And preach the gospel. Then we have... See, Jesus Jesus didn't tell them to do something that he didn't empower them to do. You have to understand that God is not a cruel master that would ask you to do something that's not within your ability. Tell somebody, you have the ability. In Genesis, God told, God told Adam, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue, and replenish. But the, but the verse before that said he blessed them. He blessed them first and then he gave them a commandment based on what he knew he had already invested in them. Meaning that God has not called you to anywhere that he has already not invested the good stuff and the right stuff in you to accomplish what he called in you. Amen? Tell somebody, you've got what it takes. And then we talked about in Acts 1, that you shall, re- you shall receive power after the, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then he said, this is going to be the result of it in Isaiah. He said, you're going to build the old waste places. You're going to raise up the foundations of many generations. And then your reputation is going to precede you. And they're going to call you a repairer of the breach. A a restorer of paths to dwell in. I I, I read all of that to take away your excuses for why you're not doing more for God. So today's message as part of this Expect More series is simply that God has empowered us to be a shifter. Somebody say shifter. God has empowered us. He gave us his spirit. He gave us his anointing. He gave us the commandment, meaning we have the authority to conduct business on behalf of the kingdom of God. And then he already gave us a promise that when you start doing it, you're going to rebuild the places that have been torn down, the desolate places. You're going to be like a water god, and I'm going to make your bones fat. Even in the, in the time, see, the miracle of it is that you're going to look like you're not in drought, even though there's drought all around you. But it first takes for us to step out and do what God has called us to do. Somebody say shifter. In order, to, to, in order to give context, I know that's an odd title for something, but God has called us to be a shift, and we're going to talk about, first of all, we've got to talk about and define what is shift. Shift is to transfer something from one state or position to another. Somebody say shift. If I was to move this speaker, I have literally shifted its position. 
And by shifting up its position, it, it has an impact on it on what it can do and, and the direction to which the sound comes out of it. Somebody say shift. So then what is a shifter? A shifter is one who transfers the state of a system or an environment in a significant way. Well, you might say, well, well Pastor, what are you talking about, shifter? See, you have to understand, if you look through, through, through the annals of the Bible, the Bible is filled with men and women of God who were willing to be shifters. Y'all will get it in a minute. I'm going to give you an example. A man like Moses who was raised in Pharaoh's house. And one day he saw, even though he was in the safety and, 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 and in the harbor of being, being one of Pharaoh's favorites, one day he saw an, a, an Egyptian soldier beating up on one of his Israeli people because even though he was not, even though he was not with the, the children of Israel, there was something that kept drawing him to the plight and to the suffering of the people. And one day he couldn't take it no more. And he stopped the soldier from beating and whipping on that Israeli, that, that Israeli Israeli slave and he ended up killing the soldier at that point the spirit of the shifter was awakened in Moses he had to go out in the desert because he was a fugitive for 40 years and then one day he was walking tending to his father-in-law Jethro's uh, herd and he saw a bush that was burning see that was and that's nothing that's nothing peculiar about a bush burning in the desert because it's so hot but what was special about this bush is that it was not consumed and so it attracted him. The shift in him said, it's something about this. And God said, take off your shoes, Moses, because the, the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. He said, I have called you to go back and be a deliverer to my people. And he did like many of us. He started making excuses. God, I can't do this. God, I'm not, I'm, I'm not good enough. I, 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 I got a speech impediment. I stutter. Why in the world would you call me to say something to a man and I can't even articulate and get a sentence out? Isn't it like many of us? then we want God to call us to do something that we're most comfortable with. Oh, I'm really good at this, God. So this must be the thing you've called me to do. But no, God said, no. You know, he said, I saw that the way that it disturbed your spirit, the status quo of how, how my people are being treated. So there is something in you, even when you murdered a man, even if you, even though you broke the laws that I set in place, I still saw something in you that I can use. Can I tell you something, people of God? I don't care how bad your past is. I don't care how long your rap sheet is. I don't care if you just smoked weed before you, got, before you came in the building. There is still something that God can use in you. Majority of the miracles that were worked in the Bible were worked by imperfect people. David was called a man after his own heart. David was a murderer. He conspired. He was an adulterer. He did all kinds of stuff, but he went down as a man after God's own. Not saying that he stayed in the sin, but when God brought this to his attention, he reversed his course, and you never heard about David doing that again. To tell somebody, God can use you. I don't care what you've done. See, people want to say, as soon as I get things right, as soon as I get things right, man, I'm going to come to God. You can't get it right. You can't do within yourself. God wants to use you. That's what it means, come as you are. See, people use that as an excuse to wear the worst thing you can to church. No, that ain't what it's about. It's about bring your dirty, rotten, stinking sin to me. Come as you are. You can't fix yourself. But God called Moses to be a shifter. 
And because he was bold enough to say, Pharaoh, let my people go, he shifted the balance of power. What about Esther? They cried out to Esther, Esther, you're the only one that has favor with the king. If you don't go, God's going to raise up another, but God would rather use you. And she approached the king even though he, he, did not, he did not extend the scepter to her and she risked her own life. But God's people were spared because she decided to be a shifter. Somebody say shifter. And the biggest shifter of them all was Jesus. Turn with me to Luke the fourth chapter. This is after Jesus has just come through the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That's what, that's what the Bible said, that after he was baptized, the spirit of the, God, the spirit of the Lord had descended on him as a dove. And he said, this is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. Heaven and earth took note that Jesus was the son of God. And then the word of God said he was led into the wilderness for the purpose of being tempted by the devil. And the devil took him to the mountain. And he said, you know, command these stones to be turned to bread. And jump off and the angels are going to meet you. They're going to catch you. And every time that Jesus was tempted, he met the devil with it is written. He had the word in him because he was the word. And every time the devil came to him, he, he, he responded with the word of God. But after he came down, he validated not only to the he heaven and earth, but he validated to the devil that I am the son of God. And then he goes into the synagogue and in Luke 4, the fourth, uh, four, uh, four, the fourth chapter, fourth chapter, 18 verses says, he went into the synagogue, he opened up the scroll and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable. Other translations said the favorite year of the Lord. Why, why did I read that? Translation. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to shift the balance that's on earth. See, everything he was saying, he was talking about, he, look, he, he's talking about right here. He said, he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Because wherever the, the, the word comes, wherever the water flows, there's going to be swarms of life. The word induces a shifting. He said to Heal the brokenhearted. If you're broken, God's go, God, God, Jesus said, I can, God has commissioned me because of his spirit to shift people from brokenness to being whole. And then he talks about to preach deliverance to the captives. Those that are captives, when they come in contact with the word of life, Jesus himself, those that are captive are then made free. Somebody say shift. So in totality, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to be a shifter. So you have to understand, people of God, that when Adam sinned, when Adam disobeyed God, a shift took place. 
because God gave dominion to Adam. And when he disobeyed God, a shift took place in the balance that this world then became, became a property of Satan. And we no longer had right. And there was a chasm between us and Jesus Christ. But I'm also glad that Jesus said, Lord, prepare me a body so I can come down and I can shift and get the power back to you, God. Somebody say shift. And so I say this to you, people of God. If we are the extension of our elder brother, Jesus Christ, and if we are Christians, which means we are Christ-like people, meaning we mimic our older brother. I remember growing up, I used to copy my older brothers. Try to do what they do. Didn't know what I was doing. Just trying to do what they do. God is saying, mimic your, your elder brother, Jesus. And if Jesus was a shifter, God has commissioned us through the Great Commission. He's empowered us through his Holy Spirit. And he's given us a promise in Isaiah that when you purpose in your mind that I am the embodiment of the Holy Spirit, which is the same spirit that empowered Jesus and raised Jesus in the dead, that wherever I go, I should be shifting the environment. I want you to write this down. God, did, God has not called you to endure your environment. He called you to shift it. God, I thank you. So many times we're, we're tolerating, we're enduring. Lord, if you just let me make it through and we're limping with one leg and we live. No, God said, you are not just simply supposed to endure your environment. I have called you and I've given you the power. I am enduring you with dunamis power to shift it. That's what Jesus did when he found something that was out of alignment. Jesus declared something. Oh, he did something crazy like he spit in the ground and made a mud pie and put it over a man's eyes. You know why? Because the same thing we talked about last week that Jesus said, whenever you pray, you pray, our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Touch yourself and say on earth as it is in heaven. And so my question to you is, what in your life, what in your sphere of influence, what on your job, what in your family, what in your marriage, what in your relationship with children, with your children does not look like the picture that's in heaven? And wherever Jesus found something that was out of alignment with the picture of heaven, all he did was shift it. He commanded something. Sometimes he did something. Sometimes he spoke something. Sometimes he visited people's houses. Sometimes he just spoke a word. But tell somebody he shifted. And so that's what God is, is making incumbent upon us today. To shift our atmosphere. One thing I want you to know people of God. That you are an agent of change. Tell somebody, tell somebody I am an agent of change. You know what an agent is. An agent is a person who's authorized. Like an FBI agent. You are authorized people of God to do kingdom business. That means you are authorized to conduct and do transactions on behalf of the kingdom of God. Tell somebody you're authorized. When he told them, look, look go, into all, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
to Jerusalem, to Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Tell somebody you're authorized. Just like a police officer, people of God. Have y'all ever been out at an intersection where a police officer is out there and he tells the car to stop? He doesn't have the power to stop a two-ton vehicle. If he tried, if he tried to stop it, he will, he or she, he, they, 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 they would. If they tried to stop it with their bare hand, they get ran over and they would get killed. But the thing that makes you stop is not their power; it's the authority of that badge and that uniform. Tell somebody you got authority. Within yourself, you don't have power to stop the devil. But when you come in the name of Jesus, I come in the name of the one that defeated you on Calvary. I speak under your authority and the unction of the almighty God. I am an emissary. I am an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And so by the authority that is vested in me, by the kingdom of God, devil, I command you. And watch him stop in his tracks. Somebody say shift. God commanded you to be a shifter. Like I said, he did. He he has not commanded you to do anything that he hasn't already put in you to the ability to accomplish. Tell somebody, I'm a shifter. Here's the other thing. <laughs> You know, all of us got some mighty fine calls, and you might have a hoopty out there, it don't matter. But one thing that all of them have in common, everybody's car, whether it's manual or automatic, everybody's car has a gear shifter. Okay, if you get, you got the, you got a Tesla out there, if you got one, I want to go sit in it. <laughs> it's electric. But even an electric car has to go shift. And guess what, y'all? I don't care if you got a, 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 a Rolls Royce Phantom out there. I don't care what kind of car. I don't care if you got a Mercilago. I don't care what you got out there. It will not go anywhere until you shift it. Meaning this, y'all. That just because you are small in scope, does not mean that you are large in your impact. See, the devil would have us to believe that we're so insignificant and we're so low on the totem pole and that nobody needs us and that we're, we're unable to accomplish what God has called us to do because nobody knows our name. And nobody, and, 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 and you know, and I'm not on the right, I'm not, I come from the wrong side of the tracks and I don't have the necessary education. God doesn't care about any of that. God used a young boy who was a dreamer called Joseph. His brothers threw him away in a pit. He became a slave. Once he became a slave, God's favor, God's favor brought him up in, in, in part of his house and then he got accused of trying to rape his wife and got thrown in jail and God still elevated him to second in command in Egypt all because God had an investment in him and I don't care where you are I don't care if you feel like you are in the bowels you are in the lowest deck of a boat it only takes one moment of favor in God's presence to raise you up I don't care how small and how insignificant you are. So is that little lever in your car that you push down. It's, it's the little small, almost the smallest thing next to the radio in the car. But the car goes nowhere until it's shifted. 
said, I called you. It's small as infinitesimal, as, as, as insignificant as you may seem. God said, I've called you, my son. I've called you, my daughter, to shift your environment, to shift your family, to shift your job, to shift your neighborhood. Somebody say shift. It's, it's, it's not going anywhere until you get resigned with the fact that I'm a shifter. And you get the confidence. I ain't talking about being cocky, but have a, have a no-so confidence that nothing is, just wait until I get there. Wait until I get there. Just, just give, me, give me a little bit of time. Let me get myself together. Now calm yourself down because when I get there, I bring the presence of the Lord in the room and wherever I tell somebody, I'm a water garden. I'm a water garden and my water, when I pour it out, it's going to accomplish and life is going to spring forth because God has anointed me to be a shifter. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. Somebody say, I'm a shifter. The next thing that a gear shift in the car does, it determines the whole direction or progression of the vehicle that it's attached to. Some things in your life and people that are that surround around you, they cannot move forward until you decide, until you make a decision that I'm going to shift it. Some of the people we've been praying for, some of the husbands we've been praying for, some of the children we've been praying for, we've been praying for and we've been speaking over them from an old paradigm of thinking. Say, God, I can't wait till you come down and you do this. I, I'm going to give you a newsflash. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. When he, when he hung his head in the locks of his shoulders, he said, it is finished, meaning there is nothing else that I need to do. The rest of it is upon you. And until you get in your mind that I'm going to shift Don't be looking up at the sky like, like, like when Jesus went up in the cloud. I ain't just say, why in the world y'all looking up in the, in the sky? Y'all need, need to go in Jerusalem and meet and wait for the, for the promise to come. But God is saying, when you make up in your mind, people of God, that you're ready to be a shifter, that you're tired of the way that things are, he said, I'm going to show up and I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to, here's, here's what's really going to happen. God's not going to do everything because everything God's going to do, he's already done. He was slain before the foundation of earth. So meaning before Adam even sinned, Jesus was already slain for the sin he was going to commit. I, I, that's a whole deeper thing. But you know, I understand that everything God is going to do, he's already done. So our shifting is getting our faith, our talking, and our believing in an alignment with what he's already done. And when we get in alignment with all what he's already done, tell somebody a shift is going to take place. Shift is going to take place. Here's the thing, the shifter on this car, it has no control over when or how it's going to be used. <laughs> While it is important, it doesn't have control over itself. It is yielded to the person who is controlling the vehicle. And while God is saying, you do have the power to shift. I need you to submit your will, your speaking, your believing, and your thinking to my guidance. 
See, we can't go out there, oh, I'm going to go shift, and you're doing some, some, some stuff God ain't called you to do. You're going to make a mess. You're going to shift it. It's going to go downhill. But how many of you know God goes from level to level? He goes from glory to glory. And everything God does ascends. It does not descend. Amen? And it's only job. A shifter, a gear shifter's only job is to initiate change. That's his only job. That's his only job. And you may think, Lord, I, I, no, I want you to show me specifically all these things you want me to do. God said, just be a shifter. Just be a shifter. This purpose of your mind, God, you put too much of your spirit in me. And I'm looking for things that are not in alignment with what your kingdom says. And I got to shift it. So I'm going to share with you three things and we're going to go. In order to be a true shifter, people of God, I want you to write these notes down. We have to have knowledge of our purpose. Somebody say knowledge. See, grace comes with the knowledge of your purpose. What is grace? Supernatural favor and empowerment to accomplish and do what God had called us to do. But tell somebody, you must know your role. Come on, tell somebody, know your role. And you got to work your role. Y'all ever been working with people? When as soon as the supervisor come on, they can go, uh, go out of town, and all of a sudden they become the deputy. Well, you need to do this. And I mean, who died and made you supervisor? Tell somebody to know your role. And see, that's what the devil has us doing. He has us chasing around, getting into everything but a casket, getting into everybody else's business, and trying to be the savior for our children, and trying to be a soft landing spot for your cousin, and trying to be trying to be the bank for this and this, and trying to be trying to be Superman with a cane. God said, "I didn't call you to be the savior, but I sent my son to die for that. I need you to be the shifter." And shifting may not mean cushioning they fall. Sometimes God's trying to shift some things, but you keep cushioning the fall. Uh-oh. I'm going to get out your business. But tell somebody, know your role. See, we are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's not, it's not, it's like, it's not the knowledge of and all the synoptic gospels and, and all this theory. Sometimes it's simply the knowledge of what we're supposed to be doing. People with ability without knowledge is a dangerous person. I got, you know, I can get up there and probably, probably try to find, probably, I don't watch enough thing to try to fly a plane. But no, you don't, you don't want Captain Tony Jones because we're going we gonna to end up crashing. The next thing is, this point is, in order to be an agent of change, somebody say, I'm an agent of change. In order to be an agent of change, I have to be, have a dissatisfaction with the status quo. Some of us have been tolerating things under the guise of, well, I got to accept whatever God allows. Or oh, this is just my cross to bear. Or maybe this is just my thorn. I'm just going to be like Paul. We can, we can find justification to do anything and to stay in what we're in. But God, God told me to tell you, people of God, that you cannot change what you tolerate. You can't change what you tolerate. And so my question to you is, what is it in your life that does not look like the picture that God has of you? 
Is it something? See, because Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, all of us, we're, we're living, so we qualify for, for the life portion. But he said life and then having that life more abundantly. If we're not living the abundant life, there ought to be a dissatisfaction in your soul. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about having six figures in your, uh, in, your, in, your, in your bank account. I'm not talking about having the biggest, longest house and the biggest, longest car. But I'm talking about the things that, that make us prosperous, good relationships, good health, peace of mind at night. If you don't have those things, people of God, you are living beneath the picture that Jesus had of you. You're wasting the reason that he came. He didn't come just for us to limp over the finish line and, and fall over the finish line into eternity. He, we are supposed to be marching, full strength, looking like the place where we're going. We're going to a place where there'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more heartache. There'll be no more headache. There, there, there'll, be, there'll be, we'll be healed. There'll be no need for, uh, for us for, for, for medicine anymore. But God said, I want you to cross over the finish line. I want you to look like where you're going. But that takes a shift. And you cannot change what you tolerate. And the last thing. He says, in order to be a true shifter. There has to be an expectation for a change to play, take place. Tell somebody, I expect that when I shift, a change is going to take place. Whew. I expect, come on, tell somebody again, say, I expect that when I shift, a change is going to take place. God, I thank you. Let's say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, I say, did you hear me? Tell them, I expect. That when I shift, a change is going to take place in Jesus' name. Turn with me to Psalm 62. The fifth, 62, 62nd chapter, the fifth verse, it says this. My soul waits for thou only, God. For my expectation is of him. See, that glimmer of hope that's in your spirit, you think you thought of that, didn't you? But that thirst and that hunger for more, that thirst and that hunger to, you know, God, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. God, I, I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful, but something just don't feel right. God, something in me that don't. God, there's a better plan you got for my life. I'm supposed to be living better than I'm living. I'm supposed to be existing better than I'm existing. God said that expectation is not of you. God said, I'll put it in you. Word of God said, I put the desires in your heart. I put the hunger in your heart. I put that desire to go back to college. I put that desire to see me get better. I put that in your prayer language to see your children get saved. I put it in. God said, the expectation is from me. God said, I didn't put nothing in you that I'm not able and willing to perform. He said, but all I need you to do is make a shift. God, I thank you. 
Turn with me one last thing and we're going to be out of here. Second Kings, the seventh chapter. This is after. We talked a little about this on Tuesday. But this, this is where the, the, the fam, there was a, a hard famine in the country. It was so bad that people were buying a, a, a donkey's head. Cost a whole lot of money to eat it. People were eating pigeon poop. Somebody say, that's a drop. You real hungry. But it got so bad that these two mothers said, look, I'm going to boil my child. We're going to eat him. And then we, they made an agreement. Then I'm going to boil. You can boil yours. He said, cool. My first mama did it. They ate, had a good old time. Ate the child next day. Okay, time for yours. Their mom said, oh, I'm hiding my baby. And they had a problem. And the king said, what in the world is going on here? You know what the king said? Send me the prophet. Somebody say, send me a prophet. The king had sense enough to say, oh, this is going crazy. I need, the I need to know what God says concerning the matter. Yes. Tell somebody, there's a word for what you're going through. God has a word over the subject matter that is going through the, through, through, through the vicissitudes of your life. Tell somebody, there's a word for that. You know how Apple said there's an app for that? There's a word for that. Whatever you're going through, there's a word for it. And in seven... He said, Elijah, what's going on, man? And then seven, uh, 2 Kings 7, chapter and 7, verse says, And then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a measure of flour shall be sold for one shekel. That's like, that's like a quarter. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Can I tell you something, people of God? The man of God, he was, before that, I skipped a couple of verses because he, he, he thought that there was a bounty on his head. And he thought the king was coming to, to kill him. He said, no, I want to kill you. I want you to, I want you to come and I want you to give me counsel. And so he came. And even though he had fear of what would be done to him, he couldn't help but speak the word of the Lord over the situation. Even though he might have been shaken. You could be afraid, but the word of God said, don't fear. It's one thing to be afraid of something, but it's another thing to fear. That means you're actively moving in it. He stood up and boldly declared. He said, King, I don't care how bad it is. About this time tomorrow, there's going to be a shift in the economy. <laughs> Woo! There's going to be a shift in the environment of this country. You see, you have to understand, it wasn't a famine in the region. It was a famine that was specific to that country. And he said that there's going to, the price of everything that's so high right now is going to come down to almost nothing. Because not of what God's going to send to here, because what God is going to shift in a neighboring city. Meaning that we can send the word to a place that we're not even at. Somebody say shift. Go down to 16. No, no, I'm going to tell you what happened after that. Here's the miracle of it, y'all. Not only, nothing miraculous happened to the king. Nothing miraculous happened to the soldiers. Nothing happened when people came and they get up. God anointed the next verse after that. He anointed four lepers who were suffering from famine, they already had leprosy. They said, what is the point of us staying here and dying? 
let's go forward. At least perhaps we might get saved. Either we're going to die here or we're going to die on our way trying to get something to get us delivered. And the word of the Lord says that God amplified the steps of the lepers. Whew. Somebody say amplify. God amplified the steps of the lepers who decided, say, you know what? We're going to shift the way we think it. Ain't no, if we're going to stay here, we're going to die. We might as well die going forward than staying in the place where we're at. They decided we're going to shift our location and perhaps God will provide for us. Well, when they started, decided to make a shift and make a move, God amplified the steps of men with leprosy. Men that didn't nobody want. The castaways, the one that when people saw them, people ran away and covered their face because they were scared. God is going to use outcasts to amplify the movements, the choices, and the decisions of people who have been considered outcasts. And when they walked into the city, the people of Samaria, they said, what in the world? There was a mighty army coming away. They didn't even, they didn't even grab their stuff to go. They fled and they left everything. Wheat, barley, gold, weapons, you name it. They left it there. It scared the lepers so much. They said, we ain't going to touch nothing. We're going back to tell the king. And at 16, it picks up. And so the people went out and they spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour that day was sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley were sold for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. Why did I read that to you, people of God? That all it takes is a word spoken in faith. I mean, with a belief, there was no doubt in Elisha's mind that God was going to do it. He said it with a certitude. He said, uh, look, he could have said, you know, within a month's time, God's going to cause rain. And he said, no, about this time tomorrow. The price of this stuff that's been all high, God said it's going God said it's going to come down. You're going to be able to get it for a shekel. And it's not going to even be in this place. It's going to be because God is going to disturb something. God is going to disturb a neighboring country. So what am I saying? It's time, people of God. You may say, well, that's Elijah. He's one of the great major prophets of the Bible. Well, the, the spirit, oh, you know all he did? He spoke with the confidence of, the, of God hears me and he's given me the power to shift. Tell somebody, he's given you the power to shift. The whole economy shifted. How many of you would like to change your economy by shifting by what you say? Come on, come on, come on. If you got it all together, that's fine. But tell somebody, I love to shift my economy. With the words that I speak. And let me tell you, there are two ways that you can that, that, that prophecy comes forth. One way is that God gives somebody a prophetic utterance of something that has happened in the future. And it comes to pass. Somebody say amen. amen. But, th th but this is not something that was, I believe that was on God's calendar to take place. The other way that a prophecy can take, for, take place is that for the simple fact that you said it. 
The simple fact that it came out of your mouth with faith and you made a decision that you were going to shift something. God has appointed times on calendars where things are going to happen. And God will show it through his prophets, the office of the prophet or the gift of the prophet. And I'm not trying to belittle the gift or the office of it. But so many times we can be so eager for a man and woman of God to tell us something. We're treating it like it's Miss Cleo. When God said, if you are the warehouse of the Holy Spirit, you can speak to your environment. You can give it a deadline. And expect it to shift. So sometimes God prophesies about foretelling something in the future and some things God does only when you speak it. That it's not on his calendar, but because you spoke it, you commanded the works of his hands. Everybody stand it to your feet. I want to read this last thing to you. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Everybody stand it. And I want you to tell your neighbor beside you, God called you to be a shifter. He called you to be a shifter. Come on, tell, tell somebody else beside you, God called you to be a shifter. He called you to be a shifter. He called you to be a shifter. If you don't like something, don't cry about it. Shift it. Come on, come on, come on. Tell them, tell them don't cry about it. Don't complain about it. Say, so why don't you shift it? With something, with something that's bothering you, when something is vexing you, why don't you stand out on the front porch? Won't you walk in that house and say, in the name of Jesus, you got to shift. You got to come into alignment with what God's plan is. Touch your body and say, look, you've been acting up for long enough. It's time for you to shift. Come on, touch everybody around you. Tell them, shift it. Come on, tell them, shift it. Shift it, shift it. Why don't you shift it? Why don't you shift it? Instead of tolerating it, why don't you shift it? Oh, oh, and, oh, in the great by and by. No, forget the great by and by. I can have it right now. God, I want you to shift this thing. Come on, touch somebody beside your face. Tell them you can shift it. You ain't got to, you ain't got to live with that no more. Why don't you shift it? Why don't you shift it? Why don't you shift it? You got the power. He's giving you the commission. You got the authority. Why don't you use your authority and shift something? If you was tired of it, you change it. See, you ain't got tired enough of it yet. You set up another system so you, you set up a workaround so that you can live with it. But God said you won't change nothing until you get a dissatisfaction in your spirit. Said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of sleepless nights. I'm tired of the devil vexing me. I'm tired of the devil running my children in and out the church. I'm tired of it and it stops the day. Somebody do your hand like that and shift it. Nothing's going to move forward until you shift it.
shifted. You got the backing of the kingdom of God. Speak a thing. Make a decision. And watch God back you up. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 says this. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. Paul said, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Tell somebody, I will speak. And I will shift. Everybody holding somebody's hand. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, how your word has found us today. Lord, for some of us, it's chastisement. For some of us, Lord, you, 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 you sanded some rough edges off of us, Lord. Some of us, we lost, we lost our edge, God. We started settling. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are this, Lord, you are, you, you, you are a God of peace, but you also are a God of disruption, God. So we thank you right now, Lord, that you are disrupting our spirits. Lord, you are giving us an uneasiness in our spirit with the way that we are living. You are giving us an uneasiness with the way that our lives are functioning and flowing in our relationships and our bodies and everything that's attached to us, Lord. Our environments are not a reflection of the, of the, of the life that Jesus said he came for. And so today, Lord, we proclaim our dissatisfaction with the status quo. And we're going to be like Moses. And we're going to tell Pharaoh to let us go. Some of us are going to be like Jacob and we're going to walk around that wall. And we're going to yell at him. We're going to command Jericho to come down. Some of us are going to be like Esther. And we're going to take a risk and we're going to walk to the king and make an appeal. But most of all, God, we're going to be like Jesus. For the spirit of the Lord is upon us. <laughs> Oh, to deliver good news, to set free those that are bound, God. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Translation, God, the spirit of the Lord is upon us. It is upon us to shift the environment that you have us planted in. Lord, would you forgive us for wanting you to take us out of the environment? Lord, for you don't desire to take us out of the environment. Lord, you desire for us to shift the environment so that it looks like the heaven that you commanded us to have, God. Lord, we're not going to flee. We don't care how much desolation is around us. We're going to speak to the environment just like the prophet and we're going to command it to shift. Because we have the same spirit of faith as Jesus Christ. And we believe. Somebody say, we believe. Therefore, we have spoken. I believe. And therefore, I speak. We're going to speak your word. It's, some of it's not all speaking, God. Some of it's actions we need to take. But we're going to speak the word of the Lord. And have an earnest expectation that God, you're about to shift something. God, 
we thank you, Lord, that you stir up a dissatisfaction in our spirits. Lord, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us such a dissatisfaction and give us such a hunger to see your plan for us in our lives that it provokes us to pray in the midnight hour. It provokes us to turn the TV off and to get in your word. It provokes us to ride around the city and look at things that disturb us and speak to it and command it to shift. God, we thank you. Lord, we ask you right now to bless the hands that we hold. Thank you, Lord, that the gift of faith is being stirred up. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Don't, don't be selfish. Pray for that neighbor that their faith be made alive. Come on, come on, pray for that neighbor. Pray for the neighbor. Come on, pray that their faith, don't, not that it don't fail, but they be a watered garden whose water will not fail. That when you pour out the measure of what of the spirit that is in you, you will not fail. You will not fail. You will not fail. You will not fail, there, saith the Lord. You will not fail. When you pour your water out, you will not fail. You will not fail. You will not fail. God said, I have called you to triumph and victory, and you will not fail. If you are doing kingdom business, you have my authority. You can shift the thing. You have authority just like that police officer, and it has to stop, and it has to yield, and it has to turn around because you are operating under the authority and the power of the kingdom of God. Walk in your authority. Talk in your authority. Move in your authority. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Pray for a neighbor that they, that they become a shifter. They don't, they don't be ashamed to speak up and call sin, sin. They call damnable things, damnable things. And watch God, watch God back them up. Come on, pray faith, pray boldness. Pray a renewal in their minds. That they see themselves as an agent of change. God, we thank you. God, we bless you. Lord, these, we are at the edge. We are at the precipice. We are at the threshold of the most miraculous days that we've ever seen in our lives. And it's all because, Lord, you've done all, all that you're going to do, God. You have called us to shift the environment. If it doesn't look like what you told us we ought to have, God, it's incumbent upon us to shift it. We thank you, Lord, that we leave this place today with the mind, with the hearts, and with the speech of a shifter that you called us to be. God, we thank you. We bless you, and we receive your authority and your power to shift the thing. And expect it to change. And God, we expect changes to be taking place. This week, God, about this time tomorrow, God, about 1230 tomorrow, God, we expect some things to change. We expect some things to change, God. By the 
the time we assemble in this place again, God, we're going to have some testimonies that some bodies have changed. Some situations have changed. Some relationships have changed. Some financial situations have changed. All because we decided that we are no longer satisfied with the status quo. We have in the same spirit of faith. We, be, we believed. And so we have spoken. But now in the present day, God, we still believe. Therefore, we speak. God, we thank you. We bless you, Lord. We are recipients of the seed of this word. We thank you, Lord. It's going to produce much fruit in our lives. And it's going to produce a shifting in everything that's attached to us, God. Lord, keep our minds, our mouths, and everything we do in tune with what you called us to do, God. We thank you. We bless you. And we expect change to take place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.